It's time for Michigan's newest sports talk show, Mitt Madness. And here he goes, defense win championship. Michigan sports talk from here in Battle Creek. The latest stories, the biggest games, all across the Mitten State. That's not something to play Streaming live and on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app. Here are your hosts, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. Hello there, good morning. Welcome in to Mid Madness 95.3 WBCK. Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes set to talk all things Michigan sports. Though we do have to get started with the Super Bowl here in just a little bit. Just to kind of recap a very eventful weekend and, uh, of course, some tragedy following that. We'll touch on that briefly, not get too deep into it, but nonetheless, DJ, started how we always started. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I think I'm dealing with a lot of what a lot of people are uh, dealing with, the weather going back and forth and mm. getting in all the sinuses and all that, but other than that, man, I'm, I'm pumped for lacrosse season. It's right around the corner, so I'm putting a lot into that. My schedule's just about wrapped up there. Um, and then it's, it, it, I don't know if anybody caught it on linear television on Wednesday, but on ESPN two, we had, uh, some sixes lacrosse going. So just excited to see lacrosse continuing to make its rise. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm doing great and I'm a winner, but you know, we'll touch on that later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, uh, it's a new season of picks. We'll, we'll just put it that way at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the weather thing, man, that, uh, Thursday snow, in the morning, kind of caught me off guard. I almost, uh, I almost ate it hard in the roundabout <laughs> there in Kalamazoo. Not fun, not fun. I'm, I'm kind of ready for spring, y'all. Uh, <laughs> give me, give me the spring time back. Um, let's get into it. The Super Bowl, it goes into overtime. Isn't it crazy? We went 50 straight Super Bowls without overtime and within a decade, we get three. Right? Am I counting that right? Three with back to back 51 and 52 and now here in 58. Three overtime Super Bowls. A fun game this was as the Chiefs pull it out 25 to 19, which gives me the under in that game. That was one of my few victories over the weekend. Uh, very kind of interesting game. Uh, the ball looked like it was made of grease early. Lots of fumbles in the football game. Uh, big time players not necessarily making big time plays early on. Um, offense was kind of non-existent for the 49ers in the third quarter, despite moving the ball very well in the first half, just not a lot of points to show for it with a 10 to three lead going into halftime. And then the chiefs absolutely stormed back, um, as they are wont to do in, in super bowl games that they win. Uh, they come back and they get it into overtime, a missed extra point from Jake Moody, where it was blocked. The, the kick was mostly his fault as it was a little too low and those types of things. And that was kind of the difference in the game there at the end, since the chiefs had to get a, just had to get a field goal to tie things late to get it into overtime. Uh, Jake Moody in that game, of course, former Michigan kicker, set the initial record for the longest field goal in Super Bowl history with a 53-yarder, only for Harrison Butker to come back a couple quarters later and wash that one away with a 55-yarder of his own. Um, that record makes a lot more sense now to be at such a, such a length. It was kind of surprising that just a 53-yarder from Moody was enough for the record initially. But fun halftime show with Usher as well, just... 
I'll toss it over to you, DJ. What were your thoughts on Super Bowl 58? Um, obviously, I hated it from the very beginning because <laughs> I didn't want either one of those teams to be in it. And it didn't seem like either team really brought Super Bowl energy to start the game. Like, it was very boring. Like, we had a couple fumbles really, like, early, but, like, nothing was happening. And I was like, dude. This is the Super Bowl. Like, mm. and, and like you were talking about like the shortness of the field goals. Like, I kind of get it because everybody takes chances in the Super Bowl. They're trying to score touchdowns so that they can win. Field goals don't win you the game, i.e. San Francisco. Not only did they have one blocked, but then they only got a field goal off in overtime, which eventually led to them losing instead of them scoring a touchdown. So it, the whole thing is Super Bowl was fine. It, it just <laughs> it, it was fine. It turned out to be the Super Bowl like it always is every year. It's fine. The halftime show is the real show. I mean, I just thought Usher was a tad bit too close to Alicia Keys. And that's my... Yeah, that was... That was alarming. Yeah, more than alarming. <laughs> and the fact that, like, Swiss Beats came out afterward and was like, y'all are worried about the wrong stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, bro. <laughs> You're one, not worried about the right stuff. One, thank you. <laughs> one, Usher has a disease that doesn't go away. He's got a virus <laughs> and you allow him to touch all over your wife. And second, that's your wife. <laughs> She's smiling at him. Have you not seen the boondock skit? You got your girl took by Usher. I see if it was T.I. That makes sense. It's T.I. But it's Usher. Stop it. That man has to be stopped now. But like, I mean, everybody else he brought on stage was amazing. And then it's like, the players saw that halftime show and were like, hey, we got to turn it up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here comes your Travis Kelsey. Here comes, you know, your Debo Samuels, your Christian McCaffrey's. Everybody's popping out and doing their thing. I thought both sides played a very good football game. And it turned out to go into overtime, almost went to double overtime. And if you ask me... I just want to see something different next year. <laughs> well, well, we'll touch on next year in just a little bit. I, I have a strong disagree with you as far as nothing was happening because I'm a defensive guy. I think turnovers are just as exciting as touchdowns usually, and especially if they're kind of bizarre. I mean, who had Christian McCaffrey fumbling on the first drive of the football game? Uh, you know, the, it was kind of, you know, we when you get into like midway through the third quarter, I start thinking who could possibly win MVP in this game? Everybody has made so many mistakes except for Brock Purdy, and he hasn't been as electric as you would probably hope for a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I think it would have went to McCaffrey had they won, but he still had that weird fumble at the beginning of the game. It was very uncharacteristic of him. Uh, so I would say I, I very much enjoyed the football game all throughout because I – don't mind a defensive stalemate. I didn't think it was quite the same level because it started getting a lot of comparisons to that Patriots Rams Super Bowl from a few years back. And I didn't think that was the case at all. Cause that was, there was a lot of punts in that game. This game had a lot of turnovers. Um, well, I mean, what do you categorize as a lot of turnovers? Uh, out of two plus per team. I mean, um, Teams in the NFL do not turn the ball over. That I know, much. but like especially I, good teams. When I think a lot of turnovers, I just think like more than that. Like, yeah. Like, had there been like uh, four fumbles in the first couple quarters, like you know, the first half, there then, was. Yeah, but like, <laughs> there just wasn't like enough to say like a lot. It was. It, it was I just, strongly it was disagree. It was a couple, and both of these defenses played really, really well. Yeah, I'm and not taking anything away from the defenses. But and somehow like, one of the defensive coordinators got fired 
after this game. At, I mean, blows my mind. At the end of the day, nobody wants to see defense. At the end of the day, that's a lot of people that aren't. I, I don't know. They're. I guess they're different kinds of football I mean, fans for me. I mean, I'm not saying we don't want to say see that. defense at all, but like it's the Super Bowl. So like, yeah. you are good enough to score on defenses. So that's, score. That's the modern. NFL fan. I'll say it that way. And it, it makes me feel a little little old to put it that way. But I have no problem with a seven to three game, you know. Well, you the same way you feel about football is how I feel about basketball. Right. So it, I get it. I definitely <laughs> the game get it. changed. The game and changed. I don't hate it. I, I love a, a 56 to 49 football game. Don't get me wrong. I can appreciate football in all of its forms. It's why I'm so passionate about the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, for every Super Bowl that we get that was like last year's where the, both teams just could not stop, stop scoring touchdowns. This year you had two of the best defenses in the NFL squaring up against offenses that had their problems all throughout the season. And those problems kind of reared their ugly head in the football game. Um, strongly disagree with uh, with – Kyle Shanahan firing his defensive coordinator. If you're if your defense can hold Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in four four quarters, you should just win the game. Plain and simple as that. Uh, stop stop just throwing the ball all over the the yard in the third quarter, Kyle Shanahan. One day you won't have somebody come back from behind on you in the Super Bowl. Uh, we I'm, I'm you, you brought up you want to see something new well what the the new thing that a lot of people in this state want to see is of course the Detroit Lions they were just short of making it to Super Bowl 58 what do you think they need to do after watching this game and seeing the Chiefs win their second straight and immediately start talking three Pete what you know the Detroit Lions are one of the teams in the NFC that can meet them there next year what do the Lions need to do to get there and you know topple the Chiefs kingdom uh, draft a rusher opposite of Aiden Hutchinson and maybe get some more defensive guys. But like, I think the offense is fine. Like you scored yep. a ton of points this year. You just have to make sure that the team aside from you doesn't score more than you do, which has kind of been the lion's problem for a couple of years now. So they've been addressing it, but continue to address it. And I think they're just fine. You don't really have to change anything from what you did the year before. It all works. So, you know, don't fix what ain't broke, right? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Get, get a pass rusher to take some pressure off of Aiden Hutchinson and, and you'll be all good to go. Uh, one thing, you know, you kind of have to bring it up is the Valentine's Day shooting that happened at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Uh, one dead, 21 wounded, and a lot of these, uh, a lot of the victims were children, which, uh, not gonna lie. It's very heartbreaking, very frustrating, very annoying. And I know what uh, is often discussed on this station. And everybody knows that I am the brand manager of this station. Um, I'm So, you know, you're going to hear what you're going to hear throughout all of, you know, throughout the week. Just know that, that this is ridiculous, unnecessary. And, you know, it'd be nice if things like this didn't happen all the time. Do you want to say anything on it or? I mean, I agree. Okay. I, I'm kind of just down the line, like the middle of this on both sides of the conversation that's coming out of this. Um, I don't lean one way or the other in yeah. terms of uh, the weapon that that's going to be talked about. Um, but I just think it's sad that like we can't just enjoy things and celebrate and that these kind of things are happening at the rate that they are. I just hope that, you know, something is done about it at some point and people can start to feel safe again. 
Yeah. That'll uh, wrap up segment one. We'll come back. We've got a lot to talk about with the Wolverines and the Spartans on the hardwood. We've got Pistons, Red Wings as well, and a new season of picks all coming up here on Mitten Madness. 95.3 WBC. Madness 95.3 WBCK. Let's get into some uh, actual Michigan sports here and start with the Detroit Pistons, who are, you know, I, I don't want to sound mean, but surprise, surprise, are on a three-game losing streak. Uh, we didn't have high expectations for this uh, stretch between, uh, you know, they're on the road a lot these days. Three straight with the Clippers, Lakers, and Suns out on the West Coast, and it went... Exactly how you probably would expect. Uh, lost to the Clippers, lost to the Lakers, lost to the Suns. They've got the uh, Pacers. That's seven days from the day we're recording, so that's next Thursday. Uh, and the Magic next Saturday, their first home game in uh, quite a while. To uh, kind of close out that, that three-game stretch that we are talking about right now, uh, there was some drama as Troy Pistons' Isaiah Stewart was arrested after he uh, punched the Phoenix Suns center Drew Eubanks in the arena hours before the teams even played. So, you know, you got further drama escalating around this team. There was a few things to feel pretty good about. And now you've got a, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be without Isaiah Stewart for a period of time for sure. And I don't know. It's it's getting to that point where, you know, you, you, you came in and told me the other day that some of these trades are, are working out. They're playing a little bit better than than you expected, than, than a lot of people expected. But, you know, if you're getting to a point where you're able to string together some wins and now you've got this other thing. And I was trying to say that this is a lot, you know, to do with the players and their mindsets and so on and so forth. Uh, but now you're kind of starting to get towards the back end of the schedule and playing for pride doesn't always seem worth it every day of the week. So I don't know. How, how do you square out what's going on with the, the Detroit Pistons right now? Uh, they're just in a tanking season. I mean, these same kind of things were happening with the Philadelphia 76ers when they tanked. Same things were happening with the, the Kings when they were tanking, the Pelicans. Like This is just what happens when you see a team tanking. People stop caring as much. People are just there for their paycheck. The emotions start to get into them. Like, I can't imagine that Isaiah Stewart just saw Drew Eubanks and was like, all right, I'm going to punch this guy because he's on the other team. Like, Drew had to have said something to him or something along those lines to, you know, warrant that kind of response from him. Not saying it was right for, you know, Beef Stew to go out and punch him, but uh, all I'm saying is um, I highly doubt it was unprovoked. So... It's just a matter of being in a tanking season and what that does to you emotionally. Like, you don't like to lose. No one likes to lose. But, like, you're pretty much in a position where even when you go out and put out your best foot, a lot of times you're losing because your team is just not there for so many different reasons. So the slightest things can send you over the top because you're already dealing with so much. So um, it's a mix of a lot of things for the Pistons. And... If I'm being honest, I think everyone involved in the Pistons organization just wants to get to the end of the season. 
So mentioning that it's, you know, I don't know how intentional the tanking was from the beginning, but, you know, things are what they are right now. The The Pistons do have the worst record in the NBA. Odds are that will likely stay, though the Washington Wizards are giving them a, a hell of a time, <laughs> only being 9-45 and 45 themselves. Uh, the Pistons 8-46 and 46 as we're recording on Thursday this week. Uh, so looking ahead to the NBA draft, ESPN actually released a top 25 prospects. Um, is there anybody that kind of stands out to you immediately that you're like, wow, you, you know, if – if the Pistons have the worst record, they have the best chance of getting the number one C, especially after not, or excuse me, the number one pick, especially after not getting it last year. Uh, you know, Pistons luck being what it is, I'm not saying they're guaranteed that pick, but, uh, I'll probably butcher this Frenchman's name, uh, worse than I would have, uh, Wembenyama's last year, uh, Zachary Rizakar? Rice share? Rice share. That's probably what I was assuming. Right. Well, he's a sm- yeah, he's a small right forward. I assume probably probably plays some wing. I mean, uh, you know, you got Cody Williams out of Colorado. A lot easier name to say uh, for me. Um, the, a lot of different directions you can go in, and it also depends on you know some other roster moves that you make. But I know last year you were talking a lot about wanting a wing, and they didn't go in that direction, and they never really made any step to do that. I feel like you've got good perimeter shooters. You've got good guys to, to get, you know, to drive to the basket and you've got good help underneath now. So I'm right there with you. Is there anybody that stands out though? I mean, it, it's gotta be Rysher or Williams. Um, I'm trying to kind of, you know, look through this list a little bit. Uh, Buzelis out of, out of the G League Ignite isn't terrible either. Um, but like you gotta go wing it has to be power forward small forward i like the size of rocher at 610 i know he has handles i know he can shoot so he's gonna have the the length as well to play defense as long as he can move his feet he's gonna be able to help inside uh rebounding as well there are a lot of good pieces about zachary rocher there's a reason he's at number one in this draft prospect list for 2024 um but i wouldn't mind isaiah collier uh um, out of USC either. He's been amazing for them and he's, uh, kind of kept them afloat while Bronny's been making his return back to the, uh, court after his, uh, situation that happened earlier this summer. So I, I really like the pieces that they could get at that small forward, power forward position. But I, I would probably say Rochere, Williams, Collier in that order for the Pistons to continue to build this young core and continue to put pieces together that work together. I think, Monty Williams is having a tough time putting those pieces physically together on the floor. But if you look at what um, the the GM has done with this team and how he's drafted and gone about free agency with Simone and the recent trades. And I mean, even going back and picking up Bogdanovich two years ago so that he could make a trade like he did this year. All of that factors in. And I think they're doing an amazing job. So I, I would probably go more so for Rocher, but Williams could also fit very well into into the mold that they're building. Yeah, we've got a long time until the NBA draft because we still have a long time until this season is mercifully over. Uh, and speaking of mercy, we'll we'll talk some uh, Detroit and mercy uh, when we talk college basketball in a little bit. But first, let's talk uh, Red Wings. So the last time we talked, the the Red Wings were preparing to take on 
the the Canucks, and they won four to three. Canucks. I got you. I'll get there eventually. Um, and they immediately followed that up with an eight to four loss to the Oilers. Now the Oilers aren't a bad bad team. Uh, they in fact have a better record than Detroit. Detroit is still just kind of hovering, though, in that middle range of the Atlantic Division, which is a strong division, okay? Uh, only Montreal, Buffalo, and Ottawa are all under 500 uh, in true record win-loss, uh, but all three are incredibly close to not being <laughs> under 500. This is a strong division of, ho- of hockey teams. Um, so there's really not a lot of room for error the way that, that my untrained eye is looking at this. I'm not seeing the, the consistency and it's kind of bringing in some, some worry in my eyes. Is that, is that justified or is, are the Red Wings, you know, good enough to, to, to hold on? I know this whole season has kind of been a bit of a surprise. It's kind of like the Lions. It's one year earlier than probably expected. Uh, but, the expectations have been high since the beginning of the season, and with not a lot of the season left, you got to put yourself in a better position than what you're in, right? They've still got 30 games left in their season, um, so that's that's still a pretty large number. Uh, the the biggest thing with this is um, the look at it the way you look at the NFL, right? Um, those NFC, like your NFC team, those NFC wins mean more. Yeah, your 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 divisional wins mean more. So you want to win the Atlantic Conference games more than anything. So their games against Montreal, Sabres, Senators, the, those have to be wins. But you also want to be beating the the Devils, the Capitals, the Penguins, the Jackets. Those are important games to you so that if it comes down to getting into the playoffs and the wild card, which is kind of where they're standing right now currently, they're hanging on to the last wild card spot by a matter of two points over the Devils. So as long as you are winning – your your divisional and Eastern Conference games, you're good. You can drop a game or two or here and there to the Western Conference because it doesn't matter as much. But as long as you're beating these Eastern Conference teams and you continue to stay on a decent pace, you should stay where you are due to tiebreakers. It, it looks like it's going to come down to tiebreakers and those kind of things. You want to hang on to your tiebreakers as much as you can. Beat your Eastern Conference rivals. Beat your Atlantic rivals. And everything should be fine. That sounds uh, just as worrying to me. Like, you know, obviously I don't have the experience to know exactly where everybody is placed. Like, you know, the Oilers being in, you know, separate division and all that sort of stuff. But allowing, allowing the end of the season to come down to mathematics is very concerning to me, especially when you can control your own destiny. That, as we talked about last week, this is a team that plays with a lot of effort. They score a lot of points. Heck, they put up four <laughs> in this latest loss. But uh, you told me th- the same. You can't go letting Connor McDavid record six assists. You can't let anybody have six assists in a single game. I said you can't really allow eight points in three games, and they did it in one. Now, I don't know if you can go and say this is their worst performance of the year or anything like that. Uh And, you know... Obviously, we don't have the benefit of seeing how they're going to perform in this Canucks game again because uh, we're recording on Thursday morning today. Um, so we'll you know have a little bit less, I guess, information to play with when we talk about the Calgary game in a little bit. But uh, I don't know. You know, it's about that time that I'm going to start watching some hockey and start getting into this. And, you know, I'm going to you know try to watch the Red Wings as much as I watch the Penguins and also get into men's basketball and all that sort of stuff. Uh, now that football is over, I just want to 
I want to feel a little confidence that when I tune in, I know I'm going to watch good hockey because <laughs> I need that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I, I've been watching some decent hockey. I've been wrapped up in lacrosse, but when I do turn a Wings game on, it is normally good. I just want to go see one in person before the year is over. But you did bring up college basketball. So coming out of the break, we'll be touching on Michigan, Michigan State. And I think we're going to touch on one more team in the Midden while we're at it. So we'll be back with more Midden Madness on (laughs) 95.3 WBCK. Detroit sports fans, Wolverines, and Spartans alike. This is your sports show, Midden Madness, with Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes on 95.3 WBCK. Back here on Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. Excuse me, sorry about that. Let's uh, talk some men's college basketball. The Michigan State Spartans are 16 and 9, coming off of a huge win since last we talked against number 10 Illinois. They also handled business against Penn State uh, this Saturday night. They will go to Ann Arbor and play Michigan, who they molly whopped the last time they played we'll talk about the wolverines in a little bit don't think dj is going to be super happy about that conversation as the resident wolverines fan uh but man everything is looking the spartans way they are playing way stronger down the the stretch than they started that's for sure and they're really at that point you know as we kind of discussed last week where they're at a should be in situation when it comes to the ncaa tournament now looking at bracketology on espn the the current locks out of the Big Ten are Purdue, of course, Wisconsin and Illinois, and the should-be-ins are Northwestern and Michigan State, while Nebraska has some work to do. But even still looking at Michigan State and what they've been up to here recently, and they'll have an opportunity against Northwestern, as well as a, um, excuse me, uh, trying to do quick math here, Indiana will be a, a good matchup for them, as well as their middle of the road, Iowa a little bit lower than that, Ohio State obviously at the bottom of the conference next to Michigan and then that matchup on the road at Purdue to close this thing out. They've got some opportunities to really solidify themselves. They probably are going to be in unless they lose out, which isn't going to happen, but they're probably going to be in, but they can really help their seeding with the way they close out this as well as improve their confidence heading into the Big Ten tourney. How do you see things going for the Spartans? Uh, the Spartans, are they're in good shape. Uh, I think they're headed toward a position uh, in the schedule where they got a lot of their hard games out of the way. Um, and Obviously, they front-loaded their schedule with with very good competition, which always helps in a, a, a loss to Duke, who's ranked. A loss to Wisconsin, ranked. Arizona, ranked. Uh, they beat Baylor, who's ranked. Uh, a loss to Illinois earlier in the year, who's ranked. A loss to Wisconsin again, who's ranked. But they beat Illinois, who's ranked. They have one more like tough game on their schedule. It's number two, Purdue. Everybody else, Michigan. They should stomp, to be honest. They should stomp Michigan. Uh, they should beat Iowa. They should beat Ohio State. Um, and they should beat Indiana. I think... Purdue and Northwestern is going to be a tough stretch, and Northwestern's only a tough game for them because it's right after the Purdue game. They yep. play Purdue on on March second, and then they turn around and play Northwestern on March sixth. So they do have four day or uh, three days rest before playing that game. 
but still that's tough competition back to back. So that's the only like troublesome area for the Spartans. But I think at best they end the year four and two and at, or sorry, at best they end the year five and one, six and oh. At worst, we're talking four and two, three and three. So I think they're in a really good position to get nice seating for not only the, the big 10, but uh, playoffs or big 10 tournament, but also get into the NCAA tournament and make a run. So the, it, looking at the current standings, Spartans are a half game behind Northwestern. So that is a pretty big game. Um, especially with that Purdue game. The problem is, is listen to Northwestern stretch (laughs) to close the season. Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan, Maryland, Iowa State, and Minnesota. That Minnesota game is the toughest one, but if that's the game they lose, then the first five seeds of the Big Ten tournament are already set. There's no way for Michigan State to leapfrog Northwestern and get that four seed. Not the end of the world, obviously, but man, Northwestern, uh, they've got a much easier stretch. I mean, they play Iowa Iowa the the night that Michigan State's got Purdue like <laughs> come on they they'll be a little bit more set up so that could be a very dangerous game as well for Northwestern where they could actually fall behind Nebraska if Nebraska you know puts in that work that they need to put in to be able to make it uh and Nebraska has a pretty easy schedule down the stretch too Penn State Indiana Minnesota Ohio State Rutgers Michigan so I don't know I things are really lined up for them but if they do go that 4 and 2 like you said it could make for kind of a messy ending, though it's not necessarily the end of the world. No, I think they're going to be just fine, and they're going to get into the NCAA tournament, and, and they'll make nice runs because they always play their best basketball in March. Um, but there is another team in the state that is not doing oh so well, um, but they're weird. Um, they're, they're a weird team. It's Michigan, right? 8-17 um, and 17 on the year, 14th in the Big Ten. At least they are ahead of Ohio State. <laughs> so I will take that and be happy well, with no, it. No, they're not ahead of Oh, I'll say it right now. They're a full game behind them. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> they do have a chance to correct that. But we did beat Ohio State already this year, so that's fine. True. Just like football. You can sweep um, them. And we, and we beat 11-ranked Wisconsin. Only lose by uh, 15 to a ranked Illinois. Like it, it, This team's weird. They're obviously not going to the tournament, and um, it, it, I'm just hanging my hat on the fact that we still beat Ohio State. Uh, personally, I think Jawan Howard should be out at the end of the year. It's time for something fresh, but I'm not making the decisions over there, so I'll keep my mouth closed quiet and just (laughs) react to what is done well you you said they lost by 15 that's when they lost illinois the first time the most recent time they lost them they lost them by 29 oh i know i wasn't i i skipped over that on purpose okay (laughs) i know it hurts a little bit i was talking about the highlights yeah don't gotta bring the low lights (laughs) there's a lot of low lights i know that's why we don't have to talk about and they're gonna keep coming because uh athletic director ward manual gave a vote of confidence to head coach juan howard um on valentine's day amid the fact that they're eight and 17 he said there's not really thought about any changes in our men's basketball program that's a quote that is a quote from wednesday and uh he goes on to say uh juan and i have talked Yes, we'll continue to have those conversations as the season goes through. I continue to support him and the effort to turn this around. There is no lack of effort from our student athletes and our coaches. It's a lack of execution at times, at times, a lot of times. We have to be better. He knows that I'll continue to have conversations with him and we'll continue to support him and our program. It would be fair to say I have not really thought about any changes in our men's basketball program at this time. How does that make you feel, DJ? Hey, I mean, I, I can't say anything, okay? It's not my <laughs> job to really say anything 
I want Howard gone and not because I don't like him. And and I guess I can understand where Ward's coming from because if you look at Michigan games this year, the first half, if, if yeah. games ended at halftime, <laughs> Michigan would be the best team in the country. If they played 30 minutes of basketball, Michigan they'd be all be, good. Michigan would be the best team in the country. Are you kidding me? We beat everybody at the half. We're leading everybody at the half. But then we come out of there and we always collapse. So I understand. He's got some good pieces here that he's doing some things with and making happen. So it's not that he can't get the job done. It's just not working right now. He's figuring out the philosophy for this group. And what's tough is a lot of times in college, you only get a year or two with that group because of how quick they move on to the league and, and, and other means and you get more players. So um, he's just run into that circumstance where he's got a group where he wasn't able to figure it out. So this year is just a loss. Michigan State and Michigan play tonight. As you're listening, tip off at 8 p.m. on Fox. Got one more basketball team in the state of Michigan to talk about. Detroit Mercy, who last year had a historic opportunity to just fall with it, with uh, fall outside of their grasp this year a historic opportunity falls just outside of their grasp this one a little bit better to avoid uh talk about what's going on with detroit mercy in the 2023 uh, 2024 season uh they're literally just the worst basketball team that exists um not 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 like quite literally um but they they are in fact um one of the only teams in the entire country with only one win on the season they won their first game literally just days ago over Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, IUPUI, um, which, which is crazy. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> they were 0-29 heading into Valentine's Day, right? Yes, yes. They they are 0-26, I believe. Yes, 0-26 heading into Valentine's Day. They're now 1-26 with their 81-66 win. So they won by 15. Like, this wasn't just, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't just like a win. Like they, they won in convincing fashion. Yeah. So I can't imagine what happened, um, especially since IUPUI beat them by 12 earlier in the year. <laughs> so it, I'm sure they were partying all day. They're probably still partying right now. Yeah. Yeah. While we're talking. Any given um, holiday. But yeah, it, it's just not making the city of Detroit look good on, on the basketball surfaces this year. No, it, it's been a rough season on the hardwood for the state altogether. Michigan State is helping to turn that around. But uh, props to the one Detroit Mercy fan that rushed the court after the win. Excellent. Excellent. Social media really needed that on Valentine's Day. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's a brand new season of picks. We've got a lot of variety this time around. So we'll dive into that new season and let you know what's going on with the winner of the first season next here on Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK 95.3 WBCK Back here on Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK closing down with a new season of picks. Last year is done. We uh, finished up the first season of picks at the Super Bowl, and it looked like I was in the running to maybe make a comeback. But DJ, I don't think that happened, did it? No, it did not. You just barely <laughs> missed out. Last week, you were, uh, looks like you were four and four and four. Four yeah. and four right down the middle, giving you 101 and 53 three on the year. I was only three and five, but 
I squeaked by at 103 and 51 on the year. Two game victory is all I get to spread around in your face. Yeah. The, the 49ers losing was a big one. And then what was the, there was another game that I missed that I think I just got a little arrogant on. I don't know. I think it was, it was either a Baylor or a, or a, I think it, you picked Baylor over Kentucky. Yeah. Yep. Um, dang. Yeah, I mean, so close. Chances make champions. Yeah. Hey, so close. I, I took a lot of chances. I, I conceded many, many times only to find myself back within reach, giving myself the hope that I should not, should not have done that. So we, uh, we did decide, you know, a long time ago that the, the winner would basically, uh, or the loser would, you know, have to pay for dinner. Um, we're going to go to travelers. I'll, I'll front the bill. Uh, DJ, just remember I work in radio. Oh, I know, bro. <laughs> I know. We're across from each other all the time. I'm not. I'm not going to do you crazy. Don't worry. And, and maybe you'll get me back. So that, that's maybe. also what I have in mind. Like, be, I'm not going to do you dirty because if you happen to win, I'm going to have to return that favor. Right. So. Uh, and, and shockingly, when did I start to make my comeback? Uh, like two or three weeks ago. When we had less football to pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is weird. And, and Lord knows, if I would have just picked the Chiefs the rest of the way, I'd have won. So you definitely would have. Shouldn't have doubted the Chiefs. But we've got no football to pick for a long time. So let's uh, let's get right into this with our picks this week. We've got some basketball, some hockey, and some fighting. Let's kick things off down in the SEC with the Kentucky Wildcats on the road to take on the Auburn Tigers. Kentucky is number 22. Auburn is number 13. Though Auburn has a 85% chance to win, Kentucky averages 89 points a game, and uh, Auburn averages Averages just 83. Who's going to win? Uh, for me, the, I think Auburn's going to take this one. Kentucky just hasn't quite been Kentucky this year. You know, um, even going back to that Baylor game, it was closer than I thought it was going to be. And, and Kentucky was able to pull that one out. But, like, seriously, um, it, it's, it's just, it, uh, uh, you know, a loss to Gonzaga not too long ago, 89-85. Like, Gonzaga isn't even playing good basketball right now. And you lost to them by four. Like it, it's the, a three point loss to, to Florida, a, a 11 point loss where you give up 103 points to Tennessee. Granted, you come right back and you, and you absolutely blow the doors off Vanderbilt, but it does not help. I have to take Auburn, who's been consistent. They're four and one in their last five, and I think that streak continues. Yeah. That, that weird loss to Florida was immediately, um, I, I don't know what, what the word is, but they put the bang thing. They won by 40 against South Carolina. Now, the last time we were talking about South Carolina was how they beat all of these great teams in the SEC, including uh, including Kentucky, I think. Um, South Carolina got destroyed by Auburn. So the SEC runs through the state of Alabama, and thankfully my Tide uh, won the most recent outing between those two, so I can easily and not feel I can easily say and not feel weird about it. Auburn's going to win this basketball game. Uh, no, they didn't. They they played on the seventh, and Auburn won ninety nine eighty one. But they split the series. Oh, so they sure did. That's good enough. Alabama won the first time they split the series so that's good enough i will keep it on the men's hardwood heading over to a top five matchup all the way over in the big east crazy that we got big east talking top five matchup but it's number one yukon number four marquette yukon has been killing it they're 23 and 2 on the year they're coming off a 101 65 win over depaul and marquette has been absolutely balling as well they got a couple close victories over seton hall villanova georgetown st john and butler 
in their last five, who's coming out on top in this one? I think this one is pretty straightforward, to be honest. I ain't credit to, to Marquette. They're not a bad basketball team at all. But uh UConn, <clears throat> just look, looking down those stats, looking down those wins, how dominant they are. Uh I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take any risks this time around. I'm taking UConn. Well, I'm glad that we are on the same page here. UConn works for me as well. Um they've been top tier. Like granted they have two losses, so nobody's been like outstanding this year, but people I have at the top of my my list this year, uh, Arizona, Kansas, and UConn is at the very top. So, um, yeah, I, I think this will be a hard fought battle. I think Marquette is going to come in and make it a little bit tougher than what George or than what UConn has seen in their last couple games, but UConn still takes the cake. Fun game, weird game in the Big 12 later today. Kansas will go to go over and play Oklahoma. Kansas is number six in the country. Oklahoma is number 25. Uh, not, not a big difference between them in the standings with, uh, Kansas at seven and five in the conference. Conference, Oklahoma 6-6. Six six. Both these teams lost their most recent games. Oklahoma to Baylor and Kansas to Texas Tech. However, uh, despite Oklahoma being the lower rated team with a worse record, they have a 54.9% chance of winning this game. This one's kind of weird, DJ, and I, I think this one might catch one of us, but who do you think is going to win? Uh, Oklahoma has been playing some good basketball recently. They're putting up, you know, almost 77 points a game, giving up only 66. Kansas at exactly 77 points a game, giving up 68. They're e- they're almost even across the board. Kansas seems to share the ball a little bit more, uh, giving up or having 20 assists compared to uh, Oklahoma's 14. And they're also stealing the ball 1.4 times more than, than uh, Oklahoma is. And, and at the end of the day, you need the ball to win and you got to score. And I'm gonna take the Jayhawks. Yeah, I was looking at those exact same things right, right when you were saying them. I'm, I'm gonna stick with Kansas too. They, they create more turnovers. They're, they're more fluent with the basketball. They average more points. They're, they're more efficient scoring all, all over the, so no, I think it's, this one's too obvious. Though I think it'll be interesting. I think Kansas will win. Well, that leaves us one more game on the hardwood, but this time we're talking about the ladies once more. USC will travel north and take on Oregon State and Gill Coliseum. They're not giving us anything for the pregame preview. Yeah. Come I mean, on, ESPN. You can give us a game cast or something. <laughs> you could they, hire one person just to come on. Right. They do give <laughs> us the last five. Interesting thing here is USC has a loss by three points to Washington, while in the last five, Oregon State has been cruising some close and some big. Who you got coming out on top? Remind you, USC has Juju Watkins, who dropped 51 points this year. I feel like I'm I'm blindly throwing a dart. I, ESPN's got to do better. Uh, first, like th- this page is blank, and it's it's very frustrating. Uh, I am going to go with USC. I'm going to take what you said into consideration. I'm also going to just take into into consideration that they have uh, wider margins of victory in those last five than Oregon State does. Um, call it a gut feeling too. Hey, give me the Trojans. I. I am going to go with the gut feeling that I have, which is opposite of that. I'm going to go Oregon State. This one's weird for me um, because I think Juju Watkins is going to have a game. I don't think anybody out there can stop Juju Watkins, but that doesn't mean the rest of their team is going to help. Yeah. And, and and Oregon State's had a phenomenal year this year. They're 11th in the country for a reason. They're sitting at 20-3, and 9-3 and three in their conference. I think the good mojo they've had going with these wins over Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Utah again, and then Colorado again is just good momentum that you're taking into a home game 
where it's probably going to be rocking with a team this good with basically a top 10 matchup going on. Give me Oregon State to defend Homeland. We got one on the ice. This one is up in Calgary. The Detroit Red Wings taking on the Calgary Flames at 4 o'clock later today. DJ, when we're at a why not, we might have to put this one on a phone so we can keep up with it. This one's going to be fun. The, the Red Wings taking on the Flames. Um, their last meeting, the Red Wings won 6-2. to two. That was all the way back in October, though. Uh, the Flames are playing some pretty good hockey, though they're, they're kind of in that same boat as Detroit. They're middle of the road. They're 25, 23, and 5, 55 points on the season. That is just marginally worse uh, than Detroit so far this season. So, DJ, who you got in this one? Uh, this this one, wow. It, it, it's a little bit tougher uh, for me to pick um, because it's another one of those Western Conference games, a team that the Red Wings don't see often, but it does mean a lot being one of those um, – uh, games that's important to them and and you always want to beat the canadian teams because they feel like they're so much better than you because mm-hmm. it's you know one of their sports uh it's also another battle of the red uh but with what this one comes down to is scoring um goaltending is just about even between lion and markstrom this one comes down to scoring and and there's a reason the red wings have two more um it's a reason the red wings have two more wins one or four less losses and one more overtime loss than the Calgary Flames do. They score points. The Flames don't score as many goals as they do. I'm trusting the Wings to continue with the high output on the offensive end, and they're going to come out just on top of this game. This may be another overtime game or another close one, but the Wings are going to pull it out. Interesting little tidbit that I noticed while scanning through deciding on who I wanted to win. The Red Wings are 12-11-1 on the road. The Flames are 12-11-1 at home. <laughs> One of those games where something's got to give. I'm going to stick with the uh, the Red Wings. I know that the Flames have put up quite a lot of points and not you know given up a lot. Yeah, that's how you win games. That's how it works, right? But the Red Wings, just they, they score at such a high output that I don't have very many reasons to feel like Calgary is going to give them too many issues with finding the net so i will stick with the uh, home crowd here and take the wings and we are going to end this one in the best way that you end anything on a saturday night in a bloody pulp mess we're (laughs) headed over to the octagon alexander volkanovsky will be defending his title against Ilya topora and well who you got on the mat i i know where i'm going with this the mat's pretty simple these two haven't fought before but they're both monsters and it's going to be a battle whether it's on the ground or standing up Who's uh, who's going home with the belt? Yeah, this is this is a very interesting one. It's very similar to the last time we picked a fight. Uh, Volkanovski was, uh, excuse me, is twenty six and three. He's the the featherweight champion. He's thirty five years old. Taporia is fourteen and zero, and he's twenty seven years old. And I would just like to point out, I'm six three two eighty on a bad day. These guys are five six and five seven and one forty five, and they would destroy me <laughs> within a fraction of a second. I love UFC. I I am stalling for time a little bit. I think that Taporia is gonna. Play Pull it out. Give me the upset. Give me the give me the young gun to upend the old. I like where your mind went, but Volkanovski is an absolute monster out there, and there's a reason he's holding the belt. I've seen him demolish some guys that I didn't think he would, and I'm gonna take him to defend his belt because he's done it before, and I think he'll do it again. So that leaves us both taking UConn, Kansas, Auburn, and the Red Wings. You're going to take USC. I'm going to take Oregon State in the women's game. 
And I've got Volkanovski defending his title while you have Taporia taking it from him. Get us on out of here for the weekend. That's going to do it for Mitten Madness here on 95.3 WBCK. You can catch us on replay at 9 p.m. And then again here next week, same time, every week, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for Mitten Madness, where we cover everything going on in the world of Michigan sports. For Dejan Hughes, I'm Jacob Harrison. We'll see you next week. Join Jacob Harrison and Dejan Hughes every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. For Mitten Madness on 95.3 WBCK. Miss the show or want to play it back? Stream Mitten Madness live or on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app.